Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into Missing the Point. I am your host of the weekly podcast uh, that discusses the power rankings in the National Football League. Uh, we were just discussing pre-show that I seem to be hosting every week on this power ranking show, so I'm officially the Alex Trebek of the power rankings. Uh, it's a short-lived uh, gig, you know, it comes and goes with the NFL season, uh, but I enjoy it. Like, all Bobby really has to do is write names next to numbers and, and give me give me 10 teams, and I really have to add, like, the the Susan of brilliance. The, you the really, you really taking that Alex Trebek gig like Aaron Rodgers did, huh? You just really uh, no, <laughs> wow. because he he failed at it, and I am uh, nothing if not a success at this uh, hosting a show thing. Aaron Rodgers believing he could do anything except play quarterback well in twenty twenty two, but we're not going to talk about him because he's not in the top fucking ten. Yeah, fuck <laughs> So we might, you know, it, it gets crazy here on, on the power ranking show. It gets wild. It gets wild uh, like a party down in Boca. So essentially, Bobby gave us a rough draft this week. He didn't want to didn't want to proofread and uh, give us a final copy because he didn't decide on who number 10 was, wanted us to do it for him. So, Mike, uh, it's the Bengals. For, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> it's, Thanks, the Bengals, <laughs> it's the Bengals versus it's it's going to be good radio. Welcome uh, back to the podcast. Huh? It's the Bengals versus the Dolphins. I think both have a legitimate claim to be in this top 10. But, Mike, uh, you know, you made a point in, in our group chat before we started up this podcast because, you know, we talk in a group chat. We talk before the show. We talk during the show. We talk after the show. Uh, I think I talked to you guys more than I talked to my wife. So <laughs> you made you made the point that the the Bengals just got fucking dog walked by the Cleveland Browns and probably shouldn't deserve the top ten. I think the alternative is probably that there's a little bit of precedence here for for the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they were just in the Super Bowl. I I know that's becoming a more and more distant memory, and we have talked about the fact that they. Uh, are a little bit of a trick-or-treat team and their talent might not always belie the result. But talk to me about why either, I guess, why it's the Dolphins uh, on their merit or why it just shouldn't be the Bengals. Okay, okay. so it shouldn't be the Bengals, not, not because of what they could probably you know do in the future. I think if we're just talking about this week, you mentioned that they are trick-or-treat. They got their asses kicked by, by the Happy Browns. Happy Halloween, 30, everybody. 30, 32, I was going to say, good 32-13, and their trick is gone. Jamar Chase is out for the next four to six weeks. So as it's currently constituted, yes, they, they often, uh, they, they come back from a big, uh, from a big deficit Und- with Joe Burrow there. They've never gotten their ass kicked by such an inferior team before. So I, I don't understand how in this week you would still say that they're a top 10 team in the NFL. That's it. So, that, Bobby, that, I mean, Bobby before we before we talk about uh, before we talk about the Dolphins, I do want you to respond to that, and I'd like to 
I'd like you to specifically uh, respond to the idea that the Cleveland Browns are such an inferior team. I mean, yeah, really they, they, yeah. they have some they have some issues uh, at the quarterback position, potentially more with their uh, much maligned, <laughs> very controversial uh, star quarterback to come back in a few weeks. Uh, but, you know, I, again, I'm not going to sit here on a sports podcast where I'm trying to retain credibility and talk about how great the fucking Cleveland Browns are. But that's not to say that they can't win a game against a, a, an arch rival in in any given situation, right? I mean, they have some decent players on their team. They got Nick Chubb, for God's sake. Yeah, that's why Like, I always take these, these Browns-Bagels games with a little bit of grain of salt, especially recently, because the Browns kind of have the Bengals number over the past few years. I think they it's match four, up well. Yeah, I think it's four straight games. They've beaten the Bengals. And I think it goes back to what this Bengals you know, weakness really is, and that's against elite pa- pass rushers. That O-line and that game plan literally has no answer. You saw it the first two weeks of the season. Saw with, the Super Bowl. It, exactly, the Super Bowl. <laughs> you saw it with Micah Parsons. You saw it with, uh, I forgot who they played week two. But then you just saw it last week with Miles Garrett. because They were just all over Joe Burrow. I, I, I think with Jamar Chase in there, it, it, it might be a different story, but I'm not sure. Uh, I think that that game was just set up for Cleveland for Cincinnati to fail but I, I still have faith in this team man and, and if you just look at their biggest losses so far this year it's against teams that have that elite path pass rush and that's not something that every team has you know you look at the rest of the games the Bengals are, are the team that we saw last year for their four wins <laughs> they're a completely different team for those four losses but I just look at the upside man that, that that's why I'm considering him here. And, and because it, it just seemed like such a weird game. Like the Bengals just couldn't get out of their entire, their way that entire game. I mean, granted that that's, that's a complete negative against them, but also the Browns have kind of like a top 10 roster in the NFL with, if you take quarterback out of the equation, they literally well, take quarterback out of the equation. <laughs> but, 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 but that's one of the greatest cars I've ever seen. If you take the engine out of the equation, but if, but if you, well, <laughs> Fast and Furious. An eight-second car is an eight-second car. No, but I'm just if you put Deshaun Watson back in that position, I think the Browns are a, a very good contender for that seventh spot in the AFC. Yeah, you know they're, they're definitely going to be right there once Watson comes back. I, I, I agree with the premise. The, the only thing that I would say is that uh, it, if we are saying that that Cincinnati should be ranked in the top ten because again of, of what we uh, what we what they did last year, what they think that they could do this year, and not based off of this performance. Bailey Zappi and, and the Patriots smoked the Browns. The Bengals are a far better on paper team than the Patriots, and they get their asses kicked by the Browns. Well, I, for that know, reason I, alone, I think, I think styles make fights, Mike. You know, it's 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 a matchup issue as far as uh, more than more so than a quality issue. And I'm not sure we're basing it necessarily off. Obviously, I've talked myself into the Bengals being should uh, be being the top ten team and not the Dolphins, but. <laughs> Um, although, you know, it benefits me because the Bears play the Dolphins this weekend. And if we were able to beat maybe a ranked team, uh, well, we'll see what happens in the future. But the, uh, the, uh, the Bengals, we're not basing it off what they did last year, what they could potentially do in the future. I think that the power rankings is what you've done this season. You know, it's not, if we were basing it game by game, it'd just be like everybody who won their game and how convincingly they like that they won it. You know, the chiefs wouldn't have made it the week that, uh, they lost to the bills. So. I think there is some there's some precedent here to say that the I think my point is that, that there's some precedent that the Bengals might actually bounce back. You know, of all teams that that have shown the bounce back ability once they do get fucked up by a team that they probably should beat. Of all the teams that have shown that, the Patriots maybe, 
uh, you know, the, 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 the chiefs, the bills, the Eagles, I mean, the Eagles haven't had to show it, but like those type of teams, but also I would say the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a tendency to bounce back. They have good game plans. Like, let me ask you this, make me an argument of the dolphins merit over the Bengals, Mike, because to me, the dolphins, you know, we, we know exactly who they are. Yeah. I think, I think we can look at the dolphins and we can, we can size them up now. Like as, as long as their quarterbacks, brain isn't melting when they send them back on the field. I think we kind of know what we're getting with the Dolphins, which isn't a bad team, but there's some potential, I think, for for the trick-or-treat nature of the Bengals to say, uh, you know, maybe we should hedge our bets and put them in a 10. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm before I, I talk about the merit of the Dolphins, I just want to say one last thing to hopefully solidify my point against uh, the Please. Bengals. They're 0-3 in their division this year, and that's that's disgusting. It's and they had, a winning record. They, had a, they had a winning record in their division last year. But uh, the Dolphins in this game and for this week did what the Bengals normally did last year, and they overcame a large deficit against a high-scoring offense. And uh, they were down, what, 27-7? And they come back and win that game 31-27. So they, sh- they overcame the adversity. I think Tua looked really good, 29-36. This team just feels like that it is the team to hit your wagons to if you're if you're talking about uh, between the two that offense looks unstoppable uh in terms of the uh, the wide receiver core and then they have they're going to have a 100 yard rushing game every game and, and it's going to be from different people it's going to be, be between Tua Mostert and now uh Wilson Jr. I just think that based off of the merits of this week they looked like a top 10 team in the NFL it's a fair point Bobby they have gotten better uh, you know, with the with the moves that they made in cl- close to and, and up to the deadline. And I will say that if we're talking about dynamism and offenses, I mean, not something I thought I would be saying at this point in the NFL season when we kicked this whole thing off, but I do think the Dolphins probably do have a more dynamic offense. And I don't see them, like you said, getting in their own way, you know, tripping over their own dicks for a whole game against the team they should be beating. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, no. So this is why I said I was going to surprise you because I am leaning Dolphins on on this decision here because of, of how electric that passing offense really is. To Tyreek Hill so far this season has four games over 160 yards. Do you know how many games the rest of the NFL has over 100? Every receiver, the rest of the NFL over 160 yards. Four. Yeah. Four. Yep. <laughs> so Tyreek Hill has as many as the rest of the NFL. So yeah. you add him in with Waddle. Now you have Jeff Wilson, which I think that honestly was one of the more underrated moves of the deadline because you look at what Chase Edmond was in Arizona. He didn't fit that zone run scheme. Now Mike McDaniels has his two running backs that he loved from two years ago in San Francisco, Jeff Wilson and Moster. So he is a running game that he's used to. He has wide receivers that are electric. It all relies on two of them. That, that's... And that's what scares me the most. And, and listen, I know they're undefeated, but Tua so far this year, and, and he he's been a, a definite surprise so far this season. I, I mean, surprising uh, the fact that I, I feel like I at the start of the NFL season would have said, okay, maybe their offense will be dynamic, but it's not going to be because of Tua. But we actually got an opportunity to see that he, he is the good, thing man. that kind of that yeah, kind of uh, glues them all together. He's a good decision maker. I I also think. Uh, and again, this might be a huge bias, but I, I think that the NFL is, is sort of leaning towards that type of quarterback now. It's sort of set up for those types of quarterbacks to win. You, you know, you're, you're Peyton Manning, read the defense, call, call for audibles, and then uh, win the game in the regular season most of the time. But uh, that, that type of archetypal quarterback really isn't 
what teams are looking for anymore. If you have uh, the Tyreek Hills of the world and and the the running game that the Dolphins have, what you need is a guy who can make good decisions on the fly If and a guy who can do well when the play breaks down and a guy who can move. You know, like he's also got wheels. And I think that this is what teams are looking for these days. As much as I kind of want to stuff Mike McDaniel in a locker when every time I see him, like I just want to bully him. I do think he ha- he has put together. He's just bullyable. Come on, let's let's be honest. And we should bring back bullying, but that's a whole different conversation. But the uh, but like if you look at him and I don't mean Mike McDaniel, I mean the Dolphins. He has put together a pretty succinct and clear game plan in that uh, in Miami, and I think they're pretty decent. I think that the worst thing about the Dolphins is that they're in the same division as the Bills. Right. Right. And also, uh, the, the one thing, the one knock against them leading up to this week was that their pass rush wasn't what it should be. And no, then they went Bradley out and got Chubb. Bradley Chubb. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good pickup. That was yeah. I was going to say that was probably their best move, but, uh, you know, debatable either way. I think what we sort of discovered having this conversation is that the Dolphins are trending upwards and the Bengals are trending sideways. Sideways. Yeah, I was going to say, um, so I, I would say sideways think, to down. Yeah, possibly down. We'll see. They do have a little bit of a light run coming up, I believe. I think the Bengals play the Panthers, who I will not. I will not accept that they're all of a sudden like a good team. Like that's frisky. DJ, that's not DJ Walker. You're not going frisky. You're not getting frisky. I, I'm not doing it. Uh, we'll <laughs> see. I mean, I'm happy to. I'm happy to be proven wrong. I, it's been a crazy season in the NFL. Like we said, a lot of parity, but uh, I'm not. I'm not there yet. Um, but it's going to be a good test. I mean, it's going to be a good test for both teams. So, on, bro, Deontay like Foreman, you guys, Deontay Foreman, bro, <laughs> uh, he's you know, he's decent. He's had one good game, so that probably means he's going to be uh, the best player <laughs> in the league. But uh, but but uh, a fantasy manager is overreacting <laughs> like across across the league. But listen, it sounds like both you guys are leaning Dolphins. So I think the only fair thing to do is to have me decide and choose the Bengals. No, I'm just kidding. We'll put the Dolphins in at number ten. Yeah, uh, I think I think you guys talked me into it. They are more exciting to watch. I, I if I had a choice to to put on either the Bengals game or the Dolphins game this this coming weekend, I probably would choose the Dolphins. They're more watchable. I do love Joe Burrow. I have a soft place, some soft spot in my heart for him. But and I do hope they get that figured out down there in Cincinnati or over there in Cincinnati, I should say, if we're being geographically correct. Uh, on this podcast, we are always geographically correct, if not politically. Number nine, the downtrending Giants, Bobby. I mean, we had a we had a fun conversation about the the New York teams and how. Maybe their records were a little inflated, but they were fun to watch. They were entertaining. They had figured some stuff out with a subpar quarterback uh, bo- in, in both cases. Maybe one not subpar, but maybe not quite proven yet. Uh, what do you think? Is this is this a little bit of a one-off? Or are the New York teams going to go away and, and not talk to us again like we kind of thought they should in the first place? Well, so the Giants are going away. I can guarantee you that because their next two games are against the Texans and the Lions. And those are two very winnable games for right. and college football teams. If, if they're if they're respectable at all, they win both those games. You know what I mean? Can I ask you a question before you continue, though? I, yeah. Like I, on that note, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I it is an interesting question to me. The Giants are a team of they're a confidence team. You know, I, I don't think anyone could sit down and it would be absolutely fucking painstaking to do. But I don't think anyone could really sit down and convince me that they have the a top 10 roster in the NFL. But here they are in the top 10 power rankings for the last, what, six weeks. And I think it's because of the coaching staff who have done an admirable job pumping them up and getting them to play the game plan, all this kind of stuff. It You're walking a tightrope. You don't have the talent is is what I'm saying. And And if you lose a game. I don't know if you've ever seen the film, The Replacements, but quicksand, man, quicksand. We might be in a little bit of a quicksand situation. Too early to tell, I'll admit. But if there's any type of team to have that happen, 
I've seen it before. It's all I'm saying. You start hot, you win your first six, you know, you or you win six of your first eight or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, one thing goes wrong. And then another thing goes wrong. And all of a sudden, not everybody's buying in, singing off the same hymn sheet. And it's it's a completely different story because you don't have a guy that can just stunt on another team and pull your ass out of the fire. So before you continue on the Giants, do you think that that's a real possibility? Listen, quicksand's a scary mother. Let me tell you, quicksand's a scary <laughs> if mother. If it wasn't completely <laughs> fictional, I would be super scared of it. No. Because the coaching staff, you know, I, I don't see that happening with this team. Listen, I don't, I don't like the Giants. Everything in my body tells me to be like, yeah, no, fuck the Giants. They're, they're, they're not for real. But when you have such a well-coached team in such a horribly coached league, man, every week there is true. Just, I mean, we talk about this all the time. It's, it's absurd how bad the coaching is this year in the NFL. And I just see them leaps and bounds above the rest of the NFL when it comes to coaching. Like, you don't see them making those stupid mistakes. You don't see Daniel Jones making those horrible turnovers that he did in the past. And and, and the game plan is just consistent. They are who they are. And they're not going to sit here and go for it every fourth down. They're not going to run themselves out of a game. They're not going to throw a pick down by three, you know, with two minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, I just don't know if not making simple mistakes is enough to be considered a, an elite team. I think it is this year, though. This is such a weird year. Like, it, it's. It, can you think of some? All right. So, the Bengals, yes. Okay. I'll give you the Bengals. But of all the teams that aren't on this list, is there anyone that you trust besides the Bears and the Patriots, respectively, that, that, that you trust more than the Giants right now? That, that's how I look at it. It's like when, when it comes down to nut crunching time, there's, there's no one else that's you know, not I, on this I, list that I trust I, above I, them. Maybe, but I, I just don't know if I trust the Giants at all. You know, I mean, it's I, I agree with you that there's a lot of oh, oh bye, Robbie. I, bye, Bobby. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of untrustworthy teams in the NFL. I agree. But Mike, what did the Giants lose because something got found out about what they put together or are the Seahawks just good? I mean, they're the next team on the power ranking, so I'm totally OK to talk talk about them, too. Yeah. So I, I think that this is a situation where the teams are so similar. In the sense that, you know, I, I think that Seattle has their better skill players in terms of the wide receivers. But if you get up on a team uh, on the Giants by, you know, 7, 10, 13, it, th- they will not nine times out of 10 be able to overcome that because their quarterback is not elite. Because they're game and, managers. They're coming in yeah. to manage their way through a game. If you get up oh, on them like that, like you said, yeah. They, they have to start quick. And if they do, they'll, they'll be okay. Like wh- when you asked uh, Bobby, you know, the, the next couple of games are against, uh, I think you said the Lions and the Texans. The Lions yeah. pose a big threat to them because they can score. Now they can't well, they can stop punch you in the mouth early. Way. Yeah. Right. And they can punch you in the mouth early and you have to be able to respond to that. You just do. Right. Right. So I think, I think the Seahawks were, we undervalued. Bobby and I really undervalued them in, in, in our division pick. Uh, I, but, I think we all did, though. I don't think that, that yeah. I don't think that, you know, I don't think there was any, anybody literally doing fucking victory. There's nobody doing a victory lap about the fucking Seahawks that isn't a Seahawks fan right now. So right. I wouldn't worry about that too much. I think even most uh, Seahawks fans are doing a victory lap. They're fucking lying. Yeah. Right. Nobody thought Geno Smith was going to come in here and put in a fucking top 10 quarterback performance across the season. <laughs> it's just nobody thought that. So fair enough. I, I would just say uh, that if this season goes like real south real quick for the Giants, then then now you know Daniel Jones is not the guy. Because th- if the coaching is what, what we all think it is and, and they don't make those mistakes and he still can't lead this team that started out five and two, 
then it's time to move on. And I, well, so I, think I think we I think, know. I think we know that Daniel Jones is not the guy. I mean, I think we so know that bad already. This week. You know, so yeah. But bad. I mean, that was inevitable. Like that was an inevitable. There's death taxes in that game from Daniel Jones. There's there's very <laughs> few guarantees in life, but that was coming. And I, I think. It's a, a like I'm not taking anything away from the coaching staff. I think they've accomplished a lot across the first seven, eight games of the season, but nobody gives a fuck what you did in the first seven, eight games of the season come come playoff time. So you you know, you gotta be able to put your money where your mouth is. And I'm confused as to why. And I'm not blaming you guys. I think this is a thing across the entire national media uh, over the past couple of days. Like every 10 seconds on ESPN, it's oh my god, well, it's still an amazing thing that this coaching staff has done. Why do they get the Bobby? Why do they get the praise, but not the blame? I I think. It's a very good question, honestly, because the precedent is there for the skill players to get that blame. And because, listen, the story of this year is Brian Dabble. You know what I mean? And the media is going to run with that 100 times out of 100. I can't remember a first year coach that has had this kind of impact on a team that he has. You know what I mean? Like you guys have said, they're a bottom 10 team in terms of talent. Like literally it's Zaquan. That's, I don't know if the if we're talking about just degree of impact. I've seen John Gruden come in and destroy teams, like really, <laughs> yeah, po- like really well, take good teams and make them terrible. Po- positive. I also just want to say my, my fault. My fault. <laughs> Some, Bobby, someone from the same coaching tree did start six and zero in Denver one year, and then was fired unceremoniously the next year. McDaniel's. Hey, Josh McDaniels. I was going yeah. to say, Josh. You know, I, um, I heard a quick aside. quick aside. As a quick aside, I heard a I heard an interesting theory today. Not my theory. Uh, somebody random on the internet, but I can't amalgamate this information. Also, remember your name. So, apologies. Uh, I heard that there's some weird clause in uh, Carr's contract that if he doesn't win a certain amount of games this season or like up until this season, they can cut him and not pay him like the hundred fucking million that they owe him. And McDaniel's <laughs> is like intentionally tanking, which. I normally wouldn't believe such a Josh McDaniels move, but it, it is Josh McDaniels. And also the way he's lost games is like, it's, it's been like trying to let your little brother win. You know what I mean? Like, ah, which I never would fucking do by the way. It doesn't teach him anything, but I think, you know, I, I've seen him make crazy mistakes that like, it is a little believable. Josh McDaniels can make those mistakes, but I mean, it's been pretty crazy anyway, whatever. Maybe it's true. Maybe it isn't. We're not talking about the Raiders cause they fucking suck. Uh, we're talking about the Seahawks and the Giants. So, you know, I guess in summation, Bobby, if it wasn't a good team that was also like one spot up on the power rankings, maybe we'd have a little bit more to worry about uh, about the Giants. But, you know, nothing really wrong with losing to the Seahawks. However, as much as everybody wants to talk about this narrative, Mike, everybody wants to say, oh, like, look at this coaching staff, you know, look what what they're doing with a guy that's basically, you know, a a fucking heartbeat inside a traffic cone in in Daniel Jones. Like, this is, look what they're doing. It's nice to craft that narrative, but I think if we're all being honest, we're halfway through the season, this is not a playoff team that's going to go anywhere. They'll get in, their record will get them in, but they're not going to do anything in the playoffs because of, hey, Mr. DJ. So, (laughs) Talk to me about this. I, you know, I, I'd love to, to hear your thoughts on essentially the crafting of narratives across uh, uh, across the, the sports media and this, this stuff that seems to always happen. And is it fair to a team like the Giants to big them up like this? Because you can only fall from a, a higher precipice that when when you've when you've been brought to this level by by people gassing you up. Daniel Jones is still your quarterback. They could have steadily built steadily built steadily built but once you get captured once you capture the nation's attention this is what happens and now they have a much higher uh plinth to fall off if they do and will inevitably fall off 
come playoff time. So, so talk to me about what do you think, what do you see for the future of this, this franchise, the short term? Uh, short term is uh, Daniel Jones is not the guy. We all, not we all guy. know it. <laughs> I, I think, I think we, we all know it. The, this little uh, Cinderella starts of the season has kind of masked it. If there's anything that the, uh, that, the national sports media. Well, Cinderella's uh, like, start was actually pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was her finish that we like. We want a Cinderella yeah, finish. Yeah. Well, we're, we're not. We're not going to get. Bears that. have done like a Cinderella start. Are we yeah. going to? Are we going to do a rewatchables on Cinderella? <laughs> that, that sounds pretty fun. I mean, anyway, fucking no. stepsisters are such cons, man. <laughs> <laughs> I I would just say. There's nothing more that, that the national sports media likes to do uh, uh, than tear you down after they built you up for no reason. Yeah, so, right. They're going to Britney we'll Spears them. That's yep, what's we'll happened. That's my whole point. Yep. I really genuinely think that's what that's where we're headed because nobody, everybody likes to see this happening to the Giants, and it's great. And Giants fans are probably probably sure, but there's truisms in football that we know. And Bobby, as much as you're high on this Giants team, and you and you should be, Daniel Jones is still their quarterback, Bobby. <laughs> Yeah, he's no, still their quarterback. We're going to talk about this when we get to number five and fucking Minnesota Vikings. This is going to be the same theme. So w- w- these poor fuckers, man, it's not going to it's not going <laughs> to work out for them. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. The, if the quicksand thing is going to be led by the guy who we know is going to fail, and it's in the job where you can't fail. So you know, shouldn't we, I guess my question to you to just be more specific is shouldn't we be all collectively pumping the brakes on the giants? Now that we have the vision of the playoffs in our future, now that we can see the playoffs coming, shouldn't we be pumping the brakes on them? Because they're not going to fucking do it. They're not going to do it. We know this. I'm on record now. It's fine. But yes, but that means that we have to sit here and instead of pumping the brakes on the giants, you want us to gas up the, the three and five bucks, or you want us to gas up the, the, so disappointing three and four See, Rams. Here's, here's or, I'm, I'm glad or, or you asked because you, you've chargers, led me. Three, I honestly, I'm genuinely know? glad you asked because you've led me to my ultimate point. Whilst I believe this is what I've been thinking about because every week on this power ranking show, we have this similar thematic conversation and everybody's really done it. Now everybody's kind of come through. You and I are on it more oftentimes because you make the power rankings and I talk about the power rankings, but <laughs> People have people are coming in a, a rotating cast of characters. We've had Joe. We've had we've had uh, Mike a couple of times. Ray yeah, doesn't want to come on. He, oh, I don't no, think he wants to come. Ray, I don't I think he wants to come talk about the power rankings. I I think he's just too upset about the Celtics most of the time. But <laughs> I think the the recurring theme is like, wow, I really thought that like there'd be more the good teams to be pulling away by now, and like there's so much parity. Da da da. People have made the point. Oh, September's more like the preseason now. Blah blah blah. I still think. That the, that the teams that we know are good, that we know have the best talent on their rosters, are going to end up populating this list by the end of the school year. And I think that uh, I think that's what's going to happen. I know it doesn't see, I know it's like the NFL season's drunk right now. I get it. But I think it's going to so sober drunk. up. I think it's going to sober up. Look, I'm not making any any specific. You think it's going to get that cup of coffee? I'm in not going to do that. I'm, I'm not. Think- I'm not going to do that because because I don't want to. I don't want to attach myself to any specific records because it could be anyone. But one of the Rams, the Bengals, the Bucks, one of these teams that we we thought were going to be better coming in, they are going to finish Notable with a, with a double with double digit list. wins. What say that again? Notable admission from that list: the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, well, oh, I, yeah, fuck them. It's not going to be them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fingers fucking crossed. But but what, I mean, I'm not listing all of them. I think there's other teams as well that really have started started very disappointingly across the 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 start of the season. Coaching decisions, like all this, you know. I mean, I thought the the Pats were going to be better. 
These teams that aren't in the top 10, I guarantee, well, I'm not going to guarantee it. Fuck it. I guarantee it are going to populate. Right. Some of them are going to populate this list by the end of the, the, the season. And Mike, it seems like you agree with me. Yeah, I would just say, I would just, you know, summarize your, your eloquent speech I need there. that. I need, with, I need, I need, with, I need with, someone to bring brevity into my life. With, <laughs> with, the, with the, just a question to Bobby right now, who do you have more faith in, the 6-2 and two Giants or the 3-5 and five Bucks? God damn it. Yeah, that's <laughs> see, that's what I mean. That's it. That's what I mean. Because, well, what did we talk about? What did we get to the heart of in this conversation? Daniel Jones, not the guy. Look me in the eye and tell me that Tom Brady <laughs> couldn't possibly still be the guy. You see, can't. You like, can't. Yeah, you know you why? Can't because you, me, Mike, and everyone <laughs> listening to this has at one point written that motherfucker off. At one point, they've done it at least once. And then he comes back and fucking proves you wrong. So, yeah, maybe it does happen. Maybe it doesn't. But come on, man. You got to have the guy. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. But also, yeah. it's way less fun to put the three and five fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of on course, dude. Of course, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Listen, it's. I'm not saying that the Giants didn't earn their spot on the list as of right now under the criteria of what power rankings should be. Like th they're the movers and the shakers in the NFL right now. I just think some of the adults haven't come to the meeting yet. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. That's that's essentially my my entire point. And once they, they do, took, they take the night off from the parent-teacher yeah, conferences. Yeah, and yeah. maybe the kids are going to pipe down once they get into the conference room. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm okay. saying. I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying all the surprising good teams are going to stay, stay are going to turn bad. I'm not saying all the surprising bad teams are going to miraculously be great all of a sudden, but a few will. A few will. And this list is going to become a little bit more realistic, I think in the coming weeks and a great example of that is the fucking Tennessee Titans who are essentially the color to me. I, I don't the understand them. I don't know how they win football games. I couldn't fucking tell you. I mean, listen, I always used to say that the Tennessee Titans were my, my second team because I loved, love, 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 loved the air McNair, Kevin Dyson, Eddie George, uh, 99, 2000. Yeah. It's baby blue fucking yeah. jerseys. Like, uh, Steve McNair was like all swag, uh, RIP, like big ups. But like, uh, you know, I loved the Titans for that reason. I still like him. I like Mike Rabel as a coach. If you ask me to write, a f I remember the classic five paragraph essay, you know, put your name in the heading, do it the John Collins way. I couldn't, I couldn't even form a thesis statement about what this Tennessee Titans team actually is. I, I think it's, I think it's Derrick Henry. That's I it. think they're Derrick Henry. I think that's what it is. So I don't know. Either one of you, just please tell me, like, to, how do I make sense of this team? Why are they on this list? Because they've won a lot of games somehow. Yeah, that's but it, bro. Are they? Honestly, good? I don't this know. is. I have to say, every time I do this power rankings, you're I, like, oh fuck, I gotta put the team. those first. Four, yeah, those first four teams are like, oh my fucking god, I have to put this team on this. Listen, <laughs> I, I think what sums this up perfectly of who the Titans are. So right now, right, you look at the AFC South. Jacksonville is two and six. Indy is three, four, and one. And Tennessee is five and two. So, like, they got a nice two game cushion on that division. Do you know what the point differential is in that division right now? It's fucking absurd. The, the Jaguars, the Jaguars are plus 14 point differential on the season. The Colts are minus 28. The Tennessee Titans have given up a touchdown less than they've scored so far this season, and they are fucking five and two. That is the most absurd stat I've ever it's, seen in it's my entire like, life. It's like when you look at the guy above you in the fantasy football table and you've scored like 200 more points than him, but he's got like three more wins than you because he just like played the right teams in the right, right weeks. Yeah, it's, it's you absurd. Know? Mike, yeah. uh, so, I, <laughs> so, uh, definitely not so, talking about me. You know, it's funny you say that. It, it did sort of strike a chord with me. It's like, 
I, I know you guys don't watch soccer, but every year in, in the Premier League, there's always a team that just scrapes out a bunch of zero zeros. Like they're just the worst fucking team you could ever imagine to watch, but they achieve success because they don't lose a lot. Right. So I think what you're essentially explaining to me is that the Tennessee Titans are just, they're, they're not winning. They're just kind of not losing. Mike, what right. do you think? Is that an accurate statement about this Tennessee Titans Wait, team? Before, or do you have before, some sort of miraculous angle on them? Before you go, before you go, the AFC South, I don't know if you guys uh, follow college football. Bobby's obsessed. But, Bobby's but obsessed for, with the AFC South. <laughs> but for, it, it's just so funny because I don't, if you watch college football, there's a conference called the MAC. Yeah, right? we know and about the MAC. We're here on the sports podcast. We know. We know but every, everyone who follows the MAC knows what maction is because the Mac has the most absurd football week to week. Like this past week, there was like this crazy fucking lateral. I don't know if you guys saw that, but ball state and like, that's, that's exactly what the AFC South is like. Yeah. They could absolutely upset the chiefs any week. You know what I mean? It could happen. Uh, they could it, would ha- it would happen. It would happen. It would happen this chiefs. week. If it was going to happen, yeah. funny enough, the Tennessee <laughs> Titans do play the, uh, the Kansas city chiefs. But like, look at the Colts, I don't the, agree with you that they're going to the Colts the beat the chiefs, but the Colts also just lost to the fucking commanders. So it's, well, I just don't know if you can do that kind of, I don't know if you can do that kind of, if then with, with football, I think there's just a lot of matchup issues. So, uh, Mike, what do you think about this Titans team? I guess in I guess in the context since we brought it up of them uh, going to play, say, the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend, yeah. are we going to see them on national television basically tell us who they are? Because that's kind of what I yes, think. yes, yeah. we are. So the the Titans got lucky last week that they that they matched up against a team that they they could actually just tell before the game we are not going to throw the ball eleven times. Less than hundred passing. <laughs> we're, we're, Fifty-five yards, to be exact. We're 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 just it's like that, going. It's like that to, Tim Tebow Broncos team. Here's what we're gonna do. We're we're gonna give Derrick Henry the ball forty-one times. Stop him, and instead he rushed for two hundred and twenty yards and and two touchdowns. Yeah. So they got lucky this week. They can't play that way. Like it, it's. I mean, it's not lucky to have your best guy play well. Well, you can't go against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs without a quarterback, and win. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah. So to yeah. your point, yes, they're, they're going to show us who they are. Which but the is... Chiefs are vulnerable to the Derrick Henrys of the world. I mean, I'm not talking myself into this. I'm just I'm just creating some sort of. I mean, Tennessee was up like 18 nothing on them, and then uh, 38 seconds later, it was right. Kansas yeah, City yeah, yeah. That is, that is that tends to be the Chiefs. <laughs> so, they're like, oh fuck, we oh god, we're down. Hold on a second. Oh, it started. Yeah, great. five touchdowns. <laughs> uh, I kind of love that about them, to be honest with you. It's it's one of the more entertaining teams to watch for that reason. Okay, yeah. I mean, I see that. I, I guess that the kind of the thesis that the we've borne down into in this conversation about the AFC South in general is that the Jaguars could be fucking five and two, you know, or five doubt. and three, you know what yep. I mean? Like that they, they could easily have happened and, and the Titans could, could be, could have won one game. So it is a weird division. And I think like we were kind of talking about in the last uh, segment and a point I think Mike has made uh, before the season started and it sort of came true with like the Dallas Cowboys and their, their cohort, it's going to shake itself out. You know, it's, it's going to shake itself out. I, I think, that the AFC South is a fight to the bottom, <laughs> you know? So uh, who are, you guys can just figure out who the shittier of all your shitty teams are, and then we'll just get on with the playoffs when none of you are going to be relevant. Can, so I, can, I, our, can I go for a quick South tangent? And not about the AFC South. What's course. worse? What's worse? The AFC South or the NFC South? Because so, South. Th- those two divisions right now are just literally hot garbage. The, the NFC South is the only division 
where every single team in the division has been outscored so far this season. There is not one different. team in the NFC South who has a a, a positive point differential. But, but well, not one. Okay, well, I don't know, man, because it sounds like you think that the NFC South is worse than the AFC South, but the NFC South is populated with teams that you've backed <laughs> like across the course <laughs> of the season. Like you, you've been huge on the fucking on the New Orleans Saints. I was huge, and, and they're, like they're kind of doing they're kind of doing some shit. You know, they might have they <laughs> as might soon have. As they jumped off, yeah. Uh, you just we- explained to me why the Panthers are going to be the fucking second coming. <laughs> <laughs> like we just talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers basically being like unfuckwithable because they have Tom Brady. And like, we can't, we can't chalk them off the list yet because they have Tom Brady. We can't put the, red the fucking Falcons are in first place. And the Falcons, I mean, I've tuned into a couple of those, uh, you know, games like late in the, late in the second half. There's, there's some fun stuff happening. Now. I love Cordell Patterson. You and I were just talking about him yesterday because you wouldn't trade him to me. So when he comes is back, he, he provides, isn't he an IR? Yeah. Is he done done? No, yeah. no, no. I, I heard that until, it's four until, weeks or five weeks. When did that yeah. happen? It doesn't matter. So uh, <laughs> when he when he comes back, regardless, when he comes back, regardless, it's there's still kind of a fun team to watch. So, I mean, isn't I, I don't I'm not sure what my answer is. I haven't thought about it, but isn't your answer that the AFC South are worse? Yeah, yeah, no, yes. they are for sure. Okay, yeah. if 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 you were to match up these AFC South teams versus the NFC South, I think I would I think I'd put my money on most of those NFC South teams. To be yeah. honest. Yeah, I wish they I wish they had done that thing where they uh they play each other this year, but I think they're matched up with separate conferences. I'm so glad I got both of you guys though. I got the Pats and the fucking uh and the Cowboys playing the Bears yep. this year. And honestly, if I had a picked it's if I was gonna pick which one to win, I probably would have picked the Pats, so it worked out. Um <laughs> all right, moving Great. on. You know, we're we're here to talk about uh, the San Francisco 49ers, everybody. I still like them. I like them. I do. I I I think as much as the Jimmy G's of the world, again, like, you know, he's we've seen him come up short in real time. I like the defense. Many I like the culture. I like the I like the coach. I like the coach's ability to draw a lot out of mediocre quarterbacks. I think that's a resume that he that can't be taken from him. I like his name because it's a strong Irish name. Uh, I like their jerseys. You know, I, I've been to San Francisco a couple of times. It was a nice place to be. I like them. I'm high on the 49ers still this week. Whoa, talk me out of it. Can I just say that CMC looks sexy as fuck in a San Francisco 49ers Everybody looks jersey. better in red than they did it's, in blue. It's sexual, Everybody, bro. They look better sexual. in red. Um, <laughs> it, looked, it, looked, it looked like it fit. You know, it, 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 it looked it like, like it looked, should have been there the whole time. There was some serendipity about it. There was there was a little bit of pixie dust on it, I will say. And I hope he can uh, use that pixie dust on whatever ligament he tears in the next three weeks. But uh, <laughs> what what uh, what I'm, I'm, I wouldn't wish that on him. I'm only joking. He just does get hurt a lot. And I didn't, you know, whatever fantasy football. And if you've ever been burned by the man, it's it's it, it stays. Which it everybody stays has. Inevitably. Everybody has. Right. Exactly. Ever had first Except, unless you have him this year, years. apparently. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, talk to me about the 49ers. Am so, I too high on them, or, or where where are we going with this? I, I I don't think so because I see this as a tear jump. This is where we go from, um, you know, uh, upstart, you know, upside could possibly win a playoff game to we're in contender territory now. Oh really? Because I, I, I no spoiler alert: the Kirk Cousins Vikings are right right after this. So <laughs> I, we'll we'll, we'll that's get interesting there. that you think as he's long as win they get that game. they get that early Saturday playoff game, we're fine. 
um, oh, the TV's not working. Oh, the, the broadcast isn't going out. Uh, the, Vi- the Vikings <laughs> are winning. Seventeen touchdowns Vikings later. Are winning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dot 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 dot. All right, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, I, I just think the 49ers are legit, man. I, I, and I thought this going into the season, and I think it even more now with Jimmy yeah. G, just because th- they don't have unknown a quarterback anymore. You know what you're getting from Jimmy G. Let's be real. Yeah. Every, everyone knows you're going to get one bad throw of uh, a half from Jimmy G. And it's just a matter as as if you can stop them on that turnover, whatever the case may be. You why know what I mean? So, ever, why does he ever throw the ball over anybody's head? Like, I don't, you could just, just, just give you could just New England that offense. It, huh? You could just New England that offense. And you could just be like, you only throw underneath passes that you're 100% but sure aren't going to be intercepted. With with CMC, that's what they're going to do. I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, the dump off, the dump off potential is crazy. Like like Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes, circa two thousand like nineteen, like era, like levels. If if you play that way, so talk to me about it, Mike. Yeah, he had two bad throws in this game, but it didn't really cost anything. Right? I think what was he? Kind of in the story of the season, like like twenty one of twenty five for like two hundred fifty yards. But I think the best part about this is if he stays healthy. This is going to be the early CMC uh, from from Carolina. I mean, he threw a touchdown, he caught a touchdown, and he re- and he ran for a touchdown. He was their their leading receiver in terms of receptions. And this offense, which with him and Debo, it, when they're both healthy, that's fucking ridiculous. And now yeah. George, George Kittle has decided that he's no longer a blocker; he's actually a tight end again. So that is a dynamic offense with a good defense. I I, I think that. They are going to be a hard team to beat. But again, uh, I think with with CMC now, the the whole thing was if you get if you get up on Jimmy early, he can't come back. He doesn't have to throw Hail Marys anymore or deep passes. Like he can literally he has two elusive playmakers. He, he shouldn't. Just, uh, he should never he do that. It off to. He's got He's the good. worst fucking deep ball I've ever seen. He should just never do that. Have you seen um, Mac Jones deep ball? <laughs> well, he. I mean, he just basically point. died at Jimmy G. So <laughs> I I wonder. Uh, I wonder, would you be worried? If your house was made of straw like their house is, though, to to double down on Christian McCaffrey when you have at your most important position, a guy who is provably, provably made of fucking wind, essentially. <laughs> and <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, who is when was the last time he played a full season ever? Has it ever happened? I would it's maybe, three, maybe his rookie year. Three years. Three years. Yeah. 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 So three years ago, he played a full season. Right. So. There you go. Debo Samuel. I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm not I'm not going that far. He but he comes is. in and out. He yeah, comes he's in not, and out. Not injury prone. Well, he yeah. I I I has he been out for like a whole oh shit, we lost Debo Samuel for a year. You no, know, he's usually like two, two, he's three in and out is, is, is my yeah. point. Yeah. You know, he's in and out. And and I think that like you said, he's such a key to an offense. Like I like Ayuk. Ayuk is how you say his name, right? I like him. Yeah. I yep. like uh, I, I like a lot of the guys that they have peppered around that offense. They don't use George Kittle as, as a pass catcher anymore. I guess that's fine. Uh, I don't really get it, but like, sure. <laughs> to again. Have, yeah, sure. But it's just like you have a guy throwing underneath passes, like just fucking throw it to your tight end. I, I thought that was like what how what the Bill Belichick Bible of fucking offense was like how you that's how you do that. We've seen it work. I just do it. It's and it's like the easiest way to do it. too. So I don't really understand when they don't. Doesn't matter. Point is. You've built your team on a, a lot of guys that like the doctors in San Francisco better be real, real good. <laughs> they better be real, real, real good. good. And they're, they're sweating right now. It like you're you're going all in, you know, you're rolling the dice. What are you are you nervous about that? Because to me, one of these guys is going down at the worst possible moment. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's inevitable. I agree. But until it happens, like I put in the chat earlier, we, because like, bro, CMC is built for this goddamn offense. He really is, man. Like with, with the quarterback, with that zone run scheme, with his cutting ability, like there, this is CMC's dream offense. It was the offense that he, he excelled at in Stanford. Stanford runs a zone running scheme. And this is what made him, CMC it's what what made him who he is today so as listen I, I know is such a big like uh hypothetical but yep. as long as he stays healthy <laughs> the sky is the goddamn limit for this team yeah. because listen you saw what they can do with a running back like listen Mostert's good Jeff Wilson's good Elijah Mitchell's good but they're not fucking Christian McCaffrey and, right. and if you can input a running back like him into a system that that produced thousand yard rushers with Jeff Wilson, with with Elijah Mitchell, with, with with all these dudes that we had never heard of before, can you imagine what that rushing game could be with CMC when they're healthy? It, it, you can because we saw it this past weekend. So it, it's just the sky's the limit with this team. I love them. If if they get hurt, yeah, they're gonna drop. But for right now, man. I couldn't be higher on the 49ers. I hate the 49ers. No, I mean, I I like them. I genuinely like them. I agree. Mike, if the fantasy draft is today and you have the first overall pick, do you take Christian McCaffrey? Knowing what I know? No, no, I don't. Oh, I didn't know. You really threw me a fucking change up there. You're looking like you were going to say yes. I I still have all the confidence in the world. If that was the scenario, if I needed him in the championship game of the fantasy draft, he would be out that week due to an injury. So (laughs) I couldn't couldn't do it. But listen, I I think that this uh, the scenario with him in in San Francisco takes a lot off off of his plate. The majority of, of his injuries in Carolina were not when he was a pass catcher, but when he was either a blocker or a runner. He was averaging 20, 26 carries a game. And in San Fran, he's going to be like 15 to 18. So you're, you're going to be able to to alleviate some of those heavy hits that he was taking from fucking 300-pound line, uh, linemen right off the bat. I think this is the best-case scenario for him. It would, t- it, would, it would kill me not to take him, but I've been burned four times by him. I, I I will never draft Christian McCaffrey. You, you do get burned by him a lot every year. <laughs> like Mike, you got first pick, bro. <laughs> uh, Bobby, same question. Yeah, no, I'm taking. Sorry, like I said, the the CMC being in the system is so perfect, man. Like Kyle Shanahan, he even admitted, like he they wanted CMC when he was coming out of Stanford. They didn't get him, and he told CMC that, like, listen, this was our. It was obviously a joke, but like, listen, this is our plan all along. We 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 wanted to wait four years for for you, for us to build this offense and for us to make it perfect for you to come in here because he knows that CMC is the perfect back man because he he's so patient. He waits for those holes to open up, and once that o- hole is open, he's gone. He's yeah. through that hole, and plus he throws a better deep ball than his goddamn quarterback. So <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm yeah. picking CMC. No, you're not wrong. I I feel like uh, the, probably the happiest. That's a perfect man, throw, was it not? It was. It, it was, was really good. It was a dive, I, I would I would say that like you know the, those those plays as they're designed are uh, beneficial. You know, it's like you can do it once, but can you do it again? Probably not. I mean, it's just it's just harder to actually play the position of quarterback. You know, it, you're you're 
yeah you're sort of you're sort of judged by your entire day slash week slash it was better career. than amari cooper's that's all i gotta say yeah that was a terrible fucking throw yeah you know amari. when the, you know that the worst throw of like most of the time when you see a receiver throw throw a pass the worst throw you'll see is the sideways throw like it's the first oh. one that they do to try to set up the deep ball and it's like ah that's that's going behind the line of scrimmage this is a terrible <laughs> idea <laughs> oh shit okay they run it back to the house great you know awesome. who's got a a, a a gun is odell i gotta say odell, I odell so. has a gun yeah. bro. i imagine they all have like really well, good not like arms like they're all f- like top tier athletes i thought you, know? you were about to say he has an actual gun i was like well i didn't mean actual gun no no, no that, that was that was plexico but i will say I, <laughs> shit uh, kyle shanahan is uh has, just came out today and said like they're, they're gonna be in the odell beckham market so if you add him to that fucking team, Jesus. Yeah. 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 Sky's the limit. Um, so, so many sprained ligaments. So many sprained ligaments. All around. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we also just haven't really talked about, and we don't really have time to, but we haven't really talked about their defense. As much as they haven't been as good as they were at the start of the season, they don't really have to be anymore. And this is a, I mean, I'm glad that they're good because if the offense is what the offense, what you guys think, seem to think the offense is, they're going to be out in the field quite a bit because the uh, the touchdowns are going to come quick and they're going to come often. So I'm excited to see the 49ers. I personally think they should be at number five over the next team we're going to talk about because I really do have way more faith in this 49ers team being there, thereabouts come playoff time than uh, this next team, the Purple People Eaters, the Minnesota Vikings. It hasn't quite gotten cold enough up there in uh, in Minnesota. But uh, I still think it's gonna because their fucking quarterback, Bobby, is Kirk Cousins. And we talk about this every week, but I see him creeping up the fucking power rankings. Fucking winning. They I understand. Winning. I understand. I get it. I, I, you know, their record, their record speaks for itself, as does their quarterback's record in prime time. So I'm going to go to Mike first on this. Where, I have a question. Um, um, surprise. Where, 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah. I fucking hate Kirk Cousins. I hate him. I don't trust him. He sucks in prime time. He hit me with uh, his car once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he defrauded but, me out of some money. But he's like he's one of the. He just happens to be on a on a better team than like the Lions. But the Vikings are. He is what the Lions are. Like, he's he's a high scorer. He's going to make a shit ton of mistakes. He just happens to have a, a lot of uh, a lot of talent around him. I think if a they lot were smart, of talent around him, a, a lot, lot and, of talent, and now T.J. Hawkinson there, I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. So that's that's a great addition. You should never throw an incomplete pass. <laughs> right. <laughs> this right. If if they are always for PM, if if their coach is smart, once if if uh, once the games get into like prime time or or to nut cutting time, just give the ball to Dalvin Cook. Yeah, like like you. You can afford you can, to you, do you that. could make the argument that you could actually change your game plan in prime time. You could be the first team in history to decide <laughs> to change the way you play football in prime time because you do not trust Kirk of the daylight dark, savings scared time of the dark. cousins. Yeah, scared you know, of the dark. I, it's it's uh, it, it, it I, the argument could be made, and I don't even know if it would be such a bad idea. Look, I mean, I don't want to harp on about the fact that Kirk Cousins can't win a game when more than four people are watching, but I, I just, I just at the same time. Uh, and in the same vein as talking about the Seahawks, the Giants, we just know he's not the dude. Uh, I will say he's he's got more potential to turn it around than than your your Daniel Joneses or your Geno Smiths. Uh, turn around his record when, when the game is really on the line, but I, I still don't see it happening. And it's it still says to me like we might not be there at this point of the season, but eventually we're going to need to start looking at this power rankings and saying, yeah, but the, the, I mean, come playoff right. time. 
I, come playoff time, come playoff time. And it's, it might not be yet. I mean, we're only at the halfway point, which feels crazy, honestly. Uh, but, quick. you know, so <laughs> this, is, this is what, just for the Gen Zers out there listening, this is what people over 30 do. They go like, where does the time go? <laughs> uh, because your brain literally gets worse at remembering shit. So the fucking time jumps uh, happen more and more frequently. It's great. It's you learn that in always... sophomore, sophomore in psychology class. Yeah, yeah. Sophomore sophomore in so- yeah. But I remember some stuff, at least. Um, but <laughs> sorry, we were talking about the uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Just one one thing before Bobby goes. I mean, for everyone to say, well, this is a different Kirk Cousins. It's a different Minnesota Vikings. Li- literally, if you just turn the clock back four years and you and you sub out Justin Jefferson for Stefan Diggs, you still have Adam Thielen. You have Kyle Rudolph instead of Hawkinson. And you have a better defense. He still couldn't win. That's this Vikings team point. has been good on paper for years. And oh, yeah. it's this, it, I agree with you that it's, it's, be, it's becoming frustrating to listen to people talk about them. Like this game plan has finally come to fruition and they've just hit the scene and their suits are pressed and they're ready to show us who they are. When this, you're almost exactly, uh, you're exactly right. This almost exact iteration of this team has existed just like, the different version of the Power Rangers, you know, like it used to be regular Power Rangers. Now it's fucking X fighting force. And they're doing the same plot lines. They're just on Mars now. So I, I Bobby, come on. You, you heard the man number five on the fucking power rankings. This team, they've, they've cast a fucking spell on you. And they've they cast, have. I get it. They've cast a spell on everybody because this is what they do. They flatter to deceive and they do this shit every fucking time. They do it every time. And it's going to be the same thing. I'm not really sure what DK stands on the Vikings. Fuck yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's hard to to make them any lower when you look at the teams below them. It's the 49ers, like, listen, dude. The, Come 49ers, on, the 49ers, you can put them totally get it, but they're four and four. And the Vikings are six and one. Like you said, and the Niners are swimming with sharks, bro. <laughs> agreed. But the only fucking loss the Vikings have are to the undefeated number one team on the rankings, the Eagles. In prime in time. Prime time. Uh, in right prime time. But again, so, this is, but again, this is what I'm talking about. It, it, to, to, when we've done this a couple of times across the, the course of the power rankings, and I understand why you're, you're, you're want to do it, but to say this team beat this team, so they should beat this team eliminates context. Like we've talked about what time was the fucking game on, right? Like this, this is one, <laughs> this is one of the things, That's right? Really it eliminates the context. One, the number it, one it, context. What yes. time was the game? <laughs> yeah. But right. I mean, I put other contexts too, you know, like uh, stylistic matchups. Oh, they run the ball. Well, we don't defend the, the uh, running the ball quite well, but we played six teams that don't run the fucking ball. Well, this, this kind of stuff matters. It's not just this team's good, so this should be so they should beat this team. They're, like we've talked about the parody in the NFL all year. The Vikings have an inflated record. They have a fucking right. inflated record for for who they are. They're incredibly talented on the off, uh, uh, offensive side of the ball. I would I would in fact put their talent on paper one through two three four five six like absolute stud skill players. I would put it up against any team in the NFL, and I stand by that. No problem. We know the context. The context is Kirk Cousins won't get it done for you. You got to have heart. You got to have heart. Miles and miles of heart. Miles and miles of heart. That's two, guys. Also, quite quite frankly, that's that's just the case, and it has to be said. You know, it just I know it gets boring talking about Kirk Cousins not being able to play after a certain time of day, but it it has to be said. Can I wait before? Can I say that? Does does the coach make a difference? That's what uh, I'll throw out there. Is I I think I have a little more faith in KOC. Than I do. I think in, you in want Zimmer. that to be the case. I, 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 I agree. 
but I think it'd be I, I nice, just, you know, it'd be nice for their, they're taking up a huge portion of fucking real estate on your power rankings. They own fucking Broadway on your power rankings. And no, not Broadway. Maybe not well, Broadway. Like also Charleston Avenue. Bobby, you know, Charles- like, two, two quick things. Like you would think that Zimmer would have been the perfect coach for, uh, for Kirk Cousins because he built up a stud defense and still surrounded him with offensive talent. And he, he made it impossible win. to fail. Right. And yeah. And, <laughs> and then uh, I will just say, uh, just a small, this is my hot take. I don't know if that's that hot. This year is, is the year where uh, either Kirk Cousins becomes like a uh, Aaron Rodgers or if he's a Philip Rivers, Like he's been underachieving for so long. That we thought, okay, he's going to overachieve. That's so perfect. That's exactly uh, right. That Philip Rivers yeah. analogy. It's Philip Rivers. So Philip exactly Rivers seems right on yeah. point. You know, it's 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 a guy that it's almost insulting to Philip Rivers to say this because <laughs> I think on like genuinely, I think on talent, I think Philip Rivers is immensely more talented than Kirk Cousins from the time he got into the NFL to the time he left. I think that uh, he had some. He had some. He got dealt a couple of rough hands, but essentially, you're right. He couldn't get the fucking job done, and that's what yep. matters. That's what well, it's. It's a cold world. Philip Rivers <laughs> would have got the job done if that fucking safety could have held on to the but ball. See, but, but see, but this is the thing. The thing. <laughs> the, but it's it's they, he would have if the, he would have right. if career has Kirk Cousins is wearing yeah, that t shirt. Yeah, but Philip Rivers isn't. He would have if. The game wasn't at seven p. Well, but, but, yeah. no, but, but yeah, no, but there <laughs> all but there context, was that, man. This is there, what I'm talking about. There was that delineation in his career where he went from an overachiever on a team that you didn't expect to do anything, and then he was always someone that could never get over the hump. And like that's where we are with Kirk Cousins. And in, in Washington, when he replaced RG three, and he and, and they had that playoff victory, it was like okay, maybe this is the guy. First couple of years in Minnesota, again, he brings that team back up, from, you know, resurrection from Teddy Bridgewater and all that. And now they're still in the same spot. They're a great regular season team. They're like the yeah. Braves without without a World Series. They, they they will always be there, but they just won't do it when it matters. You know, Peyton Manning had to be so 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 good at football to not take <laughs> any shit for never being able to fucking actually get it done until you know all the way into two thousand six, and then it wasn't really him when he won in Denver. And I. Kirk Cousins is not good enough to avoid that uh, that particular no. chopping block. You know, I mean, even in New England, people were still didn't want to see Peyton Manning in the fucking playoffs. You know, and at yep. the end of the day, you want Kirk Cousins. You want you want. I don't care how good the Vikings are. You want to draw <laughs> yeah. that number. You know, Unless you just that that, that um, as as Bill Simmons says, the shakies game. That 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 <laughs> one one thirty playoff game. Yeah. on Saturday, yeah. bro. Yeah, Kirk yeah. Cousins is gonna light it up. Yeah, light it up. Oh yeah, but it it actually brings a, a nice transition over to a team I'm excited to talk about because it gives me a chance to talk about my team. Uh, it is the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> number four, number four with a bullet. I mean, I I genuinely believe we give you shit about the Cowboys. Uh, I I think that it's a uh, it's a, a fun thing to do to make fun of each other for the teams that we like. We're kind of not allowed to do it to the Patriots fans. I don't know. <laughs> it's so sort of fucking sore subject. I don't know what it is. Who I'm talks more, ne- more negatively about me about them no, than, not I, you. than me? It's not okay, you. not you, not you, not you. Yeah, not you. Sure. You're cool. Yeah. You're cool. You're J- cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Nobody really does it to me actually, because it's like, ah, oh, poor Dave. But uh, but essentially, why can't um, poor Bob? What the fuck? Because it's the Cowboys. This is the God thing. Damn, so I would like to make and, fun of you, right? And because um, every they, single September, you say this is the year. DK never does that. Yeah, I mean, maybe next year we got a lot of salary cap, but yeah. but looking at this Cowboys team again, I mean, I've been on side with you uh, this season and last season. I've been on the record. I really genuinely yeah. enjoy this team. I've said it many times. Their defense reminds me of the six bears, their ball hawks. They get after it. They they play some kind of high risk, high reward football. And I think that 
that showed against the Bears this this last weekend because they I think they essentially said like we got to make we got to make Justin Fields beat us right like we got to make this guy come out and actually beat us and I think they were like oh he's doing better than we thought you know and we established a decent running game our play calling got a lot better but yet what happens is when you're at a team in this elite level and I think that this this is why it wasn't a game I expected to win when your when your defense isn't there your offense goes fucking berserk, you know, and, and they, they walk in about five touchdowns across the course of that game with, with little to no effort. I do think that there was some, and just as a bears fan, I'm going to like lay the criticism on my defense. First and foremost, I'm going to be like, you guys got to get your fucking act together. It's a good litmus test for that, but they're young, but man, I mean, that offense, well, all the problems, all the, all the, all the Kellen talk, all the, all the Dak got hurt is their QB controversy. Looks like they are, maybe becoming the the offense that we hoped prayed thought at night because when we couldn't sleep that <laughs> that they were going to be i, I like the we, look of them. when i couldn't fucking sleep um <laughs> well i meant the royal we about it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, listen I, I i just think it comes down to a couple of things so first i i think the main thing that i need to take away from this game is that i've been fucking right for the last two and a half goddamn years that Tony Pollard needs to be the fucking starting running back for the. Well, Dallas I mean, Cowboys. it wasn't. It wasn't. A, it wasn't the hottest take, Bobby. I mean, it was pretty obvious Zeke fucking sucks. <laughs> you yeah, know, I just but think like, the Cowboys are stubborn. Listen, it's not even fucking close, guys. You know he's going it's, back it's in, not, right? You know he's you, going back it, in. It's and that's so frustrating. You know he's the RB one. It's in the so next game. frustrating just, because, like, did did you just see what happened? Tony Pollard took that fucking game over, man. Yeah. He took that game over, yeah. like uh, that 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 one run. Where he juked he a guy from two, like twenty five yards bro, away, it was pretty Zeke, crazy. Th- there's there's four to five runs during the course of that game that if Zeke is the running back, it's an eight yard gain, and Tony Ballard turned it into a thirty to thirty five yard gain. Yeah, it, it's it, it's just absurd how much better the offense he's is. A, with he's him a downhill there. runner, you know. Bro, he's, he's he's the kind of guy that that if you have a, a Dallas Cowboys offense that uh, that opens up the game the way that they do when they're playing well. When when Dak's playing well and he's not forcing it and he's spreading his targets around. Now, admittedly, I think that if we, there was any glaring weakness, it might be your receiver core. Uh, that that yeah. might come back to bite you in the ass later on. But if Dak's good enough, then he can make them good enough. And if he spreads them out, you need a downhill runner. Zeke is the kind of guy you bring in to establish a running game in a game to to say like okay two yards three yards four yards two yards three yards four yards that kind of dude your offense doesn't I, I'm not gonna say they don't need it anymore but they don't do that anymore it's not really it's not really the game plan what it is is put the ball in Dak's hands to win the game and everybody else needs to help him fucking do that which I think that's what they should do Mike do you agree that the the offensive game planning and the faith in Dak Prescott as as only uh, an offensive coordinator can take this level of faith for a quarterback he believes is top tier, right? You're not game planning around him. You're not, you're not taking the ball out of his hands in important situations. What they're saying and what they definitely definitively said against the bears was Dax, our dude, he's going to win the fucking game for us. Like let him run the game. Let him, let him act like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, these type of guys. That's how you get the most out of them. What do you think? Yeah, I I, a thousand percent agree with that. Uh, Don't make him or don't make him, you know, throw the ball 60 times because he doesn't need to. Your team, your offense is good enough with Pollard in there where you can have Dak only, you know, attempt 27 passes but, but and throw for, passes. Yeah, and, and throw yeah. for less than 300 yards. And yeah, every yeah. single one of those yards and passes meant something. Like yeah. it set something up. Yeah. Right. Dak, Zach, I think uh, Dak is one of those interesting uh, QBs where he has all the potential to win you a game but, uh, and, and be the best guy on the field, but you don't necessarily need him to do that every single week because that offense, 
uh, I'll just say, well, the running back uh, Pollard is so good right now. They're 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 wide receivers, Bobby. When you said that they are top five wide receiver room on the preseason show, I I know I called you an idiot then. I hope that you feel like you are now because, <laughs> because I do because besides CD Lamb, it's bad. It's, it's not like, great. See, it's, it's it really will, good but though, it, but it will get better, uh, presumably because it can't get much worse. I, I would just say, Dak is the heartbeat of that team. And you, and you can see that now that Kellen Moore has decided, decided to let him uh, manage the game, it was so like consistent. You knew that the drive was uh, was going to was going to be a good drive after the first play because it was, it was also sick. really fast. Like yeah. it was like it, it was like they you know, Dak I think if he if he's allowed that leash, you know, or no, no leash at all to run the offense very quickly to go like, okay, everybody knows their assignments. Everybody knows their plays. We're doing this next to the point where Tom Brady is best. I'm not saying Dak's Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is best and his offense at their best. I believe that they knew the play they were going to run based on the outcome of the previous play. So if Tom Brady like, like checked down and got a guy for six yards, everybody on the offense already knew what the next play was going to be after that, because the way the offense ran, you could see it when he would run, hurry up offenses and just drive down the fucking field at your team. You would just be like, Holy fucking shit, dude. They're not even talking. They're just like running different plays every fucking time. And I think, I saw little glimpses of that in in the Cowboys offense the the other day. They could they didn't let the especially the start of the game. They didn't let the defense settle. You know, they had this this first this first quarter game plan all set up. It was really impressive, honestly. And I think to just let him off the leash like that is the way to go. Bobby, what do you think? Yeah, no, completely agree. That's when I've seen Dak succeed throughout his three, four years in the league. So how many fucking years has he been in the league now? Four, five? It's like honestly, the amount I've talked about him. It's 20. fucking absurd. Is it twenty eighteen? <laughs> But like, yeah, yeah 2016? Uh, 20, 2017, I think yeah. was the first year. But but that's when he succeeds. That's when you see Dak at his best. It's either, honestly, when, when we're at a deficit and we need to come back and we're just running literally constant hurry up, letting Dak do everything and, and direct it, or in that two-minute drill. Okay, uh, but what I, I saw from him was to, uh, this weekend, though, was a situation that, uh, you know, I enjoyed watching Justin Fields do it the week before to feel the momentum of the game sort of slipping away to, to say like, fuck, we were up, we were like, up nope, fast. No, nope, all of nope. a sudden we're not, uh, you know, I, I saw Justin Fields do it against the Patriots and, and it made me feel like a billion dollars because that to me is the quality of an elite quarterback. Cause it's game management. It's difficult. It's an intangible. And it's difficult to see. And in the best possible situation, other than a two minute drill driving down the field to win your, win your team a game and doing everything right in that situation, the best situation you can really see that in uh, display itself is when the game starts to get away from you a little bit and the bears were coming back. Like there was a moment there. 23. Yeah. At 20 in the second half. Right. Exactly. And then what, what did the offense do? They just went down the fucking field and scored. They were like, yeah. going to got this. It Don't was, worry it, about it. The QB sneak was, was the, the turning point of the game where they were apparently that QB super sneak. vulnerable too. I don't know what the fuck's going on there, but bro, I, I've never <laughs> seen a QB sneak in my life go for 30 yards. <laughs> I mean, we've been saying, getting, we've been getting never scorched by that. I mean, really, if because happened, like, you should watch Justin Fields' game every now and that, again. That dude fucking, that dude makes, like, absolutely breaks out. If that happened in the playoffs last year, we might be talking a whole different story. Well, I mean, as we discussed, playing the Bears in the middle of a, a Sunday isn't exactly the same as the playoffs. And unfortunately, the Dallas Cowboys do have a little bit of that quality that they Kirk Cousins themselves once the uh, once the, the, the whole gets team a is hotter, Kirk Cousins. So. Is so fucking just the coach. Just the coach. Um, yeah, um, it might be the coach. Or the um, owner or the GM, maybe. 
So I just have a question here. So uh, for listen, who? I, I look at my power for both of you. I, I look at my power rankings and I see a solid tier discrepancy between the first seven and then this top three that we're about to go over, right? Of course. What do the Cowboys need to do to join that top group? I know it's pedigree. I know that. But like when you watch football, right? What do you guys think they need to do to be like, okay, this team is legit. They're they're a part of that top four. They need to be one of the three teams that are in the first three spots. Unfortunately, is that, that, that's the only that's no, the only I, chance. I to me, it's, they they have the opportunity to go play the Eagles. Right. You know, it's okay. a, it's, a, it's a divisional game, and I think if you and I think you might be the only team that with the, their remaining schedule with the potential to bloody their their record up. You got to go beat the fucking Eagles, to be honest with you, because I can, I can, you can see them play pretty football until the cows come home. It's about what do you look like? What, what, how did your mind shift when the Bills beat the Chiefs? You know what I mean? Like it was like, okay, you know, it, you might yeah. not necessarily be taking the Bills over the Chiefs now and or in a playoff situation, an arrowhead or whatever, but you know, you go, oh, fuck. Like the, the, the juggernauts have to play each other. They, they have to beat the fuck out of each other. So if you want in that conversation, just like a heavyweight boxer. You got to go beat one of the guys that everybody is already talking about. That's the only way I see it being really convincing to break into that top three. Mike, you might disagree. No, I was going to say you need you need to beat them convincingly. So the yeah. Cowboys need to beat Philly by fifty by two touchdowns or more, right? Like you need to leave no doubt that you were the better team and and show and show you know uh, Philly's flaws. Uh, I think they're there. They're of there. course they are. Yeah, there's but game they, tape they, on them now. They just run it up, but but they just run up the score so quick that it doesn't matter. The, the run game is so scary, Philly. Yeah, yeah, but that's it. I mean, your your defense is is elite. Your quarterback is elite. Your oh, that was running, like hard for Mike to say. <laughs> it's like it's I was gonna say, well, did you see well, that cringe? Did you see that cringe <laughs> right there? Yeah, it's yeah. It might have been a stroke. Your 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 running back. I mean, Pollard isn't elite yet, but he has all elite tendencies. But you need three good to great skill players. Pollard and is. Listen, let me just say, Pollard is fucking elite. He has no. been elite since he came in this no, league. I think he's. I think he's showing. I think he's showing that. Yeah, he has elite tendencies. He is, man. No, he he's is. showing it. But I don't. I you can't every say time. That, Bob. It's, ever, but honestly, it's not like you go off half cocked. So like that's. You know, it's like <laughs> seven. Never, never, never. <laughs> no, especially not, with Cowboys. Not once. Se- seven out of ten times he touches the ball, it is a positive six or seven yard play. I just can't believe we're still talking here. Like, listen. Like Sorry, I don't, I don't stop. No, I don't mean to beat this into the ground, but like I have been saying, Pollard is better than Zeke for so fucking long, and it's so fucking annoying that next week, because you guys both already said it, next fucking week Zeke is going to out touch Pollard, and I'm gonna see, I'm gonna see that fucking <laughs> after, after a three yard run. Fuck you, Zeke. I don't want to feed you. I want you to starve, bro. I want you so, to starve. I want so let me God let me damn. let me just paint it before we we got to get onto this these last three here. But let me just yeah, paint yeah. you one scenario before we move on. You know, you got the Packers next week, this week I should say. Then you got the Vikings no, it's next week. We're we're on a bye week. Oh, you're on a bye week. Sorry. Yeah. Your we're next on a bye games. Week. So so your next games are you got the Packers, then you got the Vikings, then you got the Giants. Right. So you got two teams that are on these power rankings, right, with winning records, both. Records, I think, are a little inflated. And one team that, again, still has the potential to be at the big boys table like we talked about. You 3-0 and your next three games, you're in the conversation about We're in that, that okay. first three. You're in the conversation okay. about it. Because I, I might not necessarily agree with it because you've heard my opinions on on the, the records of the Giants and the records of the of the Vikings. But 
they're winning records. There's nothing you can do about that. So you go and win those three games during the conversation. Don't fuck up when you play the Colts. Don't fuck up when you play the Texans. <laughs> Don't fuck up when you play the Jags. I mean, it's going to be a different looking league at the week after you play the Jaguars and you go in and play the, the Philadelphia Eagles. The league is going to be looking real different. That's a lot of games in between then and now. So what do the Eagles look like at that point? You think you still think they have a perfect record? Quite possibly. Like they're playing all teams that they could beat. However, the Cowboys might want to keep Tony Pollard in their back pocket because I think you can win every single game I just talked about by, by playing Zeke and doing the thing and whatever. And then just like tell Zeke to go to the fucking club that day. Take fucking Tony Pollard to Philadelphia and have Get him a run. fight. Yeah, just have have Tony Pollard run all fucking over the Philadelphia Eagles. Expose the fact that they don't. They maybe they don't defend the run that well to an elite running back. Maybe you can expose those things. Get don't get pass blocked the way that everybody seems to get pass blocked against the Philadelphia Eagles. Because man, Jalen Hurts could sit in that fucking pocket and do his taxes. I mean, it's insane. So I, you know, I, you got, you got to be able to rush the QB and all of a sudden, like Mike said, you win against the Philadelphia Eagles who are potentially still undefeated or have only lost one game by that point or two games, maybe then you're really in the fucking conversation until the playoffs when you lose uh, to a team you should beat. So moving on to the uh, top three, we're going to do the top three the way we always do. Really Um, built me up just to fucking jab me, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just call me the Dallas Cowboys. Um, So so, uh, I was like, damn, they they didn't perfect that art. I don't know who did. So we're going to do the same thing we always do. Fun little game on the power rankings week. We're going to take the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Eagles. I'm going like to ask game, you guys, I'm going to, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that it, it does show something of, of what we all kind of intrinsically believe deep yeah. down in our hearts. We're going to take all three teams. First, we're going to take three versus two in a playoff scenario with the records, the way they are, which puts the bills at home, right? Puts the bills at home. If the bills and the chiefs play each other in the AFC championship game, who do you take? Mike, Still the chiefs, still the chiefs, still the chiefs for me as well. Yeah. So the Chiefs yeah, it has well. to, it, Bobby, it has I think to. you flip flopped a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah. last That's week not like actually. You at all. <laughs> and then in, in one week, uh, never. But we'll, never. We'll, get to, we'll get to you in a second. We'll get to you in a second. So <laughs> why, why? And is it is it this thing that we seem to sort of thematically agree on this big boy table uh, argument where they still are the Kansas City Chiefs? They they still can turn it on at will. Also, I'd say like Juju's getting involved now. It seems like right. he's actually like you know starting to use the guys that came in. He's starting to fit into these schemes. They get better as the season goes on and they start really fucking good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's still them for me, too. Why is it still them for you? Uh, I just I, I heard on the broadcast last week. I forget. Who, I don't know who was calling it, but they said that the Chiefs have more plays of uh, of 35 yards or more this year than they did last year. And Tyreek isn't there. It was my boy. It was my boy, Roma. If I and Ty, Tyreek, it, it, and Tyreek's gone and their offense is still this explosive. So. I don't know. I I think there's something to be said about yes, Josh Allen outdueled him uh in, in the regular season. To to have the nuts to do that in the postseason is not something that we've seen Josh Allen and the Bills do, but we've seen it over and over again by, by the yeah. by the Chiefs. I'm not, so. I'm not saying he can't, but yeah, he just has it's it. A, it's a different, different fucking kettle of fish. Bobby, right. where where do you stand now? Just because the 
the Bills are so goddamn impressive, and, and the moves that they made. Listen, I, I love Naeem Hines on this Bills yes. team. I, yeah, I, 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 I think it, it sets up such a different aspect of this Bills offense that we there's, haven't But there's a the thing seen. about diminishing returns, though, right? It's like we're still talking about the Bills. They are. They still have a fucking ton of weapons. They still were are a fucking wagon, like everybody always says. Yeah, like, but, but, listen, but, but listen, Mike's point still stands. You know, I hear, I hear your Kirk Cousins argument, and I hear that argument coming through right now. But like, it's fucking Josh Allen. This is sure. a guy that gets. Sure. This is a guy that gets smoked at the one yard line. Looks up to the guy and goes, "I fucking love it. I love it." <laughs> like Josh Allen is a different fucking human being, man. And, and when you look back at that playoff run he had last year, right? Yes, they lost that game, but he did literally everything that was in his human possibility to win that game. He drove them down the field. He won that fucking game. All right. He he scored a touchdown with 20 whatever fucking seconds that was left and, and won that game. And they still lost. Yeah. I, I just I just look at it as... I just I give, don't think the expression is that almost only counts for horseshoes, hand grenades, and playoff games. I think it's just the first two. So he didn't do it. But, 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 <laughs> right. but you know? no, but, but right. he didn't get to touch the ball again. It was... What he didn't literally Don't put yourself he, in that situation in the first place. Just win the fucking game. But what did he? Right. he got, it doesn't matter that he didn't. It doesn't matter that he didn't he get won. to fucking touch the ball he at the end. Literally touch the ball all through the fucking game. Score more points. He than the literally other team. won the game with 14 seconds left. They lost. If it. if Justin Fields didn't though. went down the field <laughs> and. I, listen, I'm just saying. When it comes down, no, to I totally it, see your point. I'm just fucking with you. I completely um, see your point. I'm I'm picking the Bills, man, because Josh Allen is a different human being especially right now. I, I just think when you look at the way he's playing football, he he doesn't give a fuck about what anyone's saying. He doesn't give a fuck about who hits him. He doesn't give a fuck about who's open. Yeah, it it doesn't matter. His he's ribs might after 18 weeks, though, Bob. I mean, he, he, can, all, he can only take does, those, that, that many hits. But, but we've seen it before for one season. I, I feel like this is his season where his body's but just like, fuck he it. He did this last year, too. He's he's right. been durable his entire and, career and should have won that fucking game. Should have, could have, would have. I mean, listen, I, I I'm, I'm inspired I'm by your speech the bills. just now. I'm inspired I'm by your speech just now. Genuinely, there was like a fucking guest jeans commercial starring Josh Allen. Like I was really there. Like he really put me in the fucking you know right in Disney Ranch, fucking watching this, this all play <laughs> out. But just we've we've talked about football enough. This was fun. I'm gonna ask the the final question uh, that we always end the the power rankings on. And it's going to prove my point about uh, yet again, and as it does every week, <laughs> unless you just want to derail me uh, about the number one team in the NFL and how they're unproven. So, uh, Mike, you have the Chiefs. If they play the Eagles in the Super Bowl, who are you putting your hard-earned money on to uh, to win that game? Chiefs. And Bobby, you picked the Bills. Uh, they they're playing the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Who are you putting your hard-earned money on to win that game? Literally, only because I don't want the Eagles to win another fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, the Bills. Yeah, so you so heard it here bodies. first. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here second. You heard it here third. We've talked about it every single week. The Eagles every, are the number one team in on the power rankings. No nobody believes in that. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for Mike Marcangelo for uh, for the real BK Bob Kelly. Uh, I myself am DK Sizzle Dave Clark, and I really appreciate you guys listening. That was a fun one. Talk to you next week on the Power Ranking Show. Thanks.
Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.